You're listening to Dads, Diapers, and Drinks. Three dads trying to lead their families well in a crazy world. So grab a drink, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome back to Dads, Diapers, and Drinks. I'm your host, Scott. And I'm Nathan. And I'm Jeff. Episode 34. We're moving right along. I do not have any terrible uh, analogies or fun facts about number 34. Not even going to try this week. <laughs> probably better that way. <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> probably stick with that. Yeah. It's a good move. It's another Monday. It's, mm. uh, I don't know. I Not it, much has happened. No. Thank, thankfully, <laughs> not much has happened in a certain yeah. sense. <laughs> Nathan and I were both at a marriage retreat this weekend. Oh yeah, that was, was delightful. Yeah, do you remember it. that that was this weekend? It, it feels like it was a while ago, <laughs> honestly. But yeah, it was really good. Yeah, marriage for life. So yeah, check it out. Yes, MFL, not FML. Yes, I I can't. Every time I see their uh, acronym, I can't get FML out of my head. <laughs> but. That was like it's, one of the earliest memes I remember. Oh yeah, you yeah. see someone like say like uh, FML, and I was like, "What does that mean? I don't get it." <laughs> yeah. like some, I was like twelve, and I was like, "I don't know what this. I don't get this." And Scott was like, "It's." For- <laughs> I remember. <laughs> oh, I remember using it in one of my Facebook posts maybe, uh-huh. when I was yeah, high school. Edgy or Facebook co- post, high school or college, and mom and dad asked, "Hey, what does FML mean?" I was like, "F my life." Like, oh my gosh, Scott, you have to delete that post. Well, it's it's yeah. like uh, when um, abbreviations are really just becoming a thing and like our parents didn't quite understand or just adults in general didn't quite understand. And they're like, LOL. I've seen posts of, yeah, of lo- <laughs> LOL. And they're like, they're like, their dog just died. Why are you laughing at that? I'm not laughing. It's lots of love. And you're like, no, no it's it not. is laugh out loud. <laughs> they're like, oh my fart. <laughs> remove it. Remove it. Right. I totally forgot about lots of love. Oh yeah. my gosh. Uh, forgot about that one so rough so sorry about your dog lol <laughs> <laughs> sorry about if your you dog if you look back on like 2012 <laughs> facebook you'd be so confused <laughs> oh man oh man Sheesh. oh i almost would want to do that as just like a funny callback roast but you know you'd only be able to do it in like sad times and so it's not worth it then yeah man i'm not trying to ruin anyone's <laughs> day that's right um, yeah, but the marriage. So, what what are you boys drinking? You said you got. You said you liked it, and I didn't um, ask intentionally, so that I could ask now. We are in mugs because yes. this is a hot beverage. It's coffee, decaf coffee. Yes, with Kahlua coffee liquor. Mm-hmm. How do you pronounce that word? Kahlua. No, I mean it's like L I Q liqueur. Liqueur. Yeah, liqueur. I've heard some people say liqueur, but I think it's like. You're trying too hard. <laughs> that's, like, that's like people who say mature. It's yes. like, no. just, just say the word. You don't sound smart. But that's how it's spelt. It's like, yeah, and aluminium is how that's spelt, but it's aluminum. Then it's, shut up about it. It's not spelled aluminium. <laughs> it's spelled aluminum, but the but, Brits think they're uh, smarter than us. Yes. <laughs> yes. Same with everyone who says mature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the like, same thing. It's like, would you there's say, a way that we speak. It's our dialect. Just deal with it. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make sense. Like, that T-U-R-E ending is at the end of tons of words, but people only pronounce it with that hard T for the word mature. Mm-hmm. Like, would you say I'm going on an adventure? 
It's an adventure. No, you don't say it (laughs) like that for anything else. It's just the word mature. Unless you're on a safari and then you're literally getting a tour and you're on an adventure, it does not exist. (laughs) There's one condition. On an advent tour for the season of Advent. (laughs) It's a tour of the advent. (laughs) Oh, my word. What does that even mean? Yeah. So I was actually, so Ellen and I also have a bottle of. what the heck is it called? The coffee? Kahlua. Whatever Kahlua. you're drinking. Yeah. Kahlua. So we also have that. We've never had a bottle of it before, but uh, our parents' gas station now sells it. So we, in an effort to better inform the customers on what they're purchasing, I had to buy a bottle of the one liquor that they're allowed to stock. So we're, <laughs> we were debating if we should put it in coffee, if it's actually good that way. So I have to ask, do you guys really like it in coffee? Sure do. I call it rocket coffee because it's just rocket like coffee? coffee with like a to it it's like really amps it up to a different degree i'm enjoying All it right. yeah it's super sweet yeah it is a lot sweeter it's like you kind of have to be i i, I sipped on some last <laughs> yeah. was yeah last night is that when you guys were over is that saturday i don't it even was, know what it was last that night. was yesterday yeah man this is what having two kids does to you did i see you 24 hours ago or is that longer i don't even know <laughs> time has slowed <laughs> i don't know lots happened since then my kids woke up for for absolutely no reason, Kelly woke up at 5 a.m. today, mm. and she's just in her room, knocking on the door, going, Daddy, Mommy, <laughs> and Ellen's like, I am not getting her, and she starts to scream, and she's like, I don't know, do whatever you think works, so I was like, okay, so I went and got her, and I was like, Kelly, let's just go in the living room, and she's like wide awake, wired, she's running around the house, playing with toys, wants breakfast, mm. I was like, Whatever. I put on Coca Melon. I fell asleep on the couch. <laughs> so it's like, I'm, oh my I'm word. so today has been so long. I'm like completely out of it. <laughs> oh, golly. I, was just, I was up way too early today. So, I feel you. So are you drinking coffee or no? I'm drinking scotch. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. I'm, classing, I'm guessing it's the classic bottle. Yes, I've got a little bit left of my Glenmorangie 14 here. Very nice. Very so nice. I've got. Two or three more weeks nice, nice. left of that. I only drink it for the podcast, so it, it's lasted me a while. Then I'm going to go buy myself another good bottle of something for uh, the next month or two. Yes. Excellent. I try to make my good stuff last. I don't like to go too quickly on them. Mm-hmm. Do you guys know we're getting another foot of snow on Thursday? Or Wednesday night I, into Thursday? I'm <laughs> glad that it's melting. <laughs> it's at least, yeah, the next couple of days will be like 40. Mm-hmm. So It's been so something. cold in my house. <laughs> So oh, yeah. I have this awkward thing in my house where when it's really cold, because the heater, if you're seeing the video, the heater's right there. Mm-hmm. It's it's in that closet. So my office gets ridiculously hot mm-hmm. when the heater is running. So because it's been so freaking cold the past couple of days, week or so, and my heater's been running like crazy. I have been dying. I'm just <laughs> melting in my office here. So I'm like barely wearing any clothes and people are calling me and I'm like, oh, I gotta throw my shirt back on to like, answer this call. I'm just like dying in here as I'm working. It's been, it's been bizarre. So I'm excited for it to be warmer so my heater runs less so I don't melt in my office. Wow. Yeah. Plus you have your computers running in there as well so that's yeah, gotta I've add got to the heat. Yeah, two computers running. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Legit. I'm excited for it to not be 54 degrees in my basement. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. Oh. That's cold, man. It's very cold. I will say your your heater that you got is pretty great. That new one? Yeah. I'm mixed on it, man. I don't yeah. know. There were just complaining about it. Really? 
I mean, it's the same wattage as that one. It's 1,500 watts, which mm-hmm. is about the maximum you could have because an outlet, like if you're pulling 1,600 watts off of one circuit breaker, mm-hmm. it's going to trip pretty much. Yeah, unless so, you have a you know a 20. Unless it's a but. 20 amp breaker, then you can go up to 2,400 watts or something. But mm-hmm. I think all of our breakers are 15 amps. So like I can't get a better heater. But it feels like the fan on that one is like super dinky. Mm. Like it's not blowing the air anywhere. I so see. I feel like the the potential's there. It's just not pushing it. It's pushing a, it out. It's about the consistency. Yeah. The it's really you like safety features on the small heaters. fan with it. Hand, yeah. Like one of those like old might, desk fans that are like USB and just put it right next to it to just. Yeah, and I mean we've assist. got we've got those white box fans. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. could just stick that in front of it and blow the air everywhere. Who knows? Like we were, I was down here for an hour with Davis and uh, just tonight and I turned the heater on and it went from 54 to 57, which isn't too bad. It helps that it is not frigid outside right now. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's, it's starting to warm up already. Yeah. So that, that already made a big difference, but I don't know. It's just our basement's cold, which is great in the summer. It stays cool yeah. down here for a long time. Yeah. Um, but anywho. Um, yeah, I don't know if we got any more chit chat, but I, look, we can just jump right into this thing. <laughs> I think we definitely should. Yeah. <laughs> Jumping in. All right. This week we're talking about role models and, mm-hmm. uh, where we get that wrong, uh, in our, in today's society, mainly mm-hmm. in America. I'm, I'm sure this is not a problem in other like third world countries or something. Maybe it is. I don't know. But all I know is well, America's got problems. Uh, Haiti <laughs> did elect their president was a pop singer before uh, he was the president. So okay. <laughs> let's not just say it's America. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, we elected Schwarzenegger as the governor of that, California. It's true, but it's also California. So. We elected a TV, <laughs> a TV star as the president. Oh, that is twice. True. Ronald Reagan was an actor too. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know. We, uh, in a, I don't know. It's, we it's we a, tend it's to it's a human nature problem. Yeah, we yeah. tend to take our we, role models and turn them into these idols or these people that we worship. Or, mm-hmm. I don't know. We elevate them yeah. way beyond what they should be elevated to. So it's actually the show we're watching right now is called Turn. It's fantastic if you want to watch a Revolutionary yes, War is. story and really get into the weeds and the Revolutionary War. It's a fantastic show and. In the most recent episode we watched just before we came on the podcast here, one of the things that's happening is they're questioning, a couple of the main characters are questioning the decision that George Washington is making. Hmm. And one of the people comes up in his defense and says, look, I know we like to think that he's more than what he is, but he's just a man. And right now he wants revenge on that guy because he did him <laughs> right. wrong. So that's what the military plan is going to be. Hmm. And it's it's just such a one of those lines that you hear and you go, that is so funny because in our 20 you know, first century world, you think back of George Washington as this like mythological man who right. saved the country, made the country. And it's like, yeah, he was a guy. And one of the decisions he made was literally because he was angry. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, he's just, he's a guy. He's trying his best, <laughs> but he was not perfect in all the other ways. It's just, like, we have this weird, I don't know. It's human nature to idolize and to yeah. take something and overinflate its value in our own life. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's, to say that, yeah, we elected presidents who are popular. It's like, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of what we do. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's a, it's a stinking popularity contest. Yeah, yeah. George Washington was chosen because he was tall. 
Yeah. This he was, like he was literally successful because he was taller a physically than imposing figure. <laughs> and when you're on a battlefield and you see that guy, you're like, oh, he's he's obviously in charge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Who knew? Like, I don't I'm not a history buff, but he could have been a complete wacko for all I know. <laughs> so but he's never depicted that way. And yeah. I don't think he actually was. But, um, yeah, he was just very tall. Very commanding. <laughs> so. I want to start talking about where we start going wrong with people we choose to mm-hmm. be our role models, people we choose to model our lives after. Um, I found an article. Um, I guess I'll, I'll link it in the description and show notes and the, the dibbly do whatever you call it, wherever, <laughs> wherever you're listening. Um, it's just a quick article I found through doing a quick search, but basically um, as we enter adolescence, we start looking for, where we belong in life. Mm -hmm. We start looking for a sense of community, um, a sense of inspiration. So um, we try to find uh, that inspiration through a celebrity or public figure, Mm -hmm. um, musician, band, whatever, politician, hopefully not a politician when you're like 12 or 13 entering adolescence, but you get the the idea Mm -hmm. and uh, you can get that. You can find that community through befriending other people who also like that. Mm-hmm. that person or thing um and then uh you just start kind of joining that crowd um like we all know different types of crowds that act certain ways like for some reason skateboarding is in my mind mm-hmm. like very very oh my word are we on the same wavelength <laughs> are we <laughs> i just you just reached into my mind <laughs> <laughs> yeah like every, there are all these different groups that form during mm-hmm. high school and you you know who every kid is <laughs> what, yeah. what group they're a part of pretty much. I mean, like you think of even like Tony Hawk, for instance, going yeah. with the skateboarding reference is it's like, he is an amazing skateboarder. And I find that a lot of like your early role models, actually at least a lot of my early role models were based off of like what that particular person could do. It's like, Oh, this person is really good at this. That's amazing. You know, you know, you name who it is. It's like, it's a really good actor or it's a really good skateboarder or, you know, it could even be like a character in a movie. It could easily be yeah. like someone you're like, man, I just want to be you, <laughs> you know? Aragorn. Oh yeah. Yeah. Seriously. We talked about that. Dude, Cos- me, cosplaying anything. When, when I was a kid, like the number of times Scott and I were Aragorn and Legolas running around doing something. <laughs> yeah. Like those characters, especially, especially for me, Aragorn was this like, pinnacle of what i thought a good man would be like Mm -hmm. this roguish man deadly but civil like guy who would quickly you know defend you and kill an entire army on his own but also would lay down his life and give up his path for someone else it's like Mm -hmm. he was just the guy in my head when i was like six seven ten that all that range i was like this is just the best human being on the planet his character i mean his whole story through the entire lord of the rings trilogy i mean it was about the ring but it also had this really strong subplot about his life and just like even the fact of just taking up responsibility like he didn't want to be king and yet he you know embodied that so in a sense he has a lot of really good role model kind of he does things to aspire to be he's a great role model he was written by a Christian author too Hmm. so Mm -hmm. you know it's not not a mistake (laughs) yeah tolkien knew exactly what he was doing when he was crafting that character and he he understood the importance of 
a fictional role model too. It's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I'm such a big movie buff and a um, history buff is it, history is just the stories we tell ourselves about the past and movies are the stories we tell ourselves about right now. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's legitimately important. It's why everyone freaks out about Hollywood and what's going into all the Hollywood movies. It's like, yeah, it, it's because it matters. Mm-hmm. Like the reason why we're all upset about it is because we all know at some base level that it kind of matters what we depict in art because it's a reflection kids, of who we are at the, the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the next generation looks at the art and at some deep level, they're not very conscious of it, but at some level they go, ah, I, I like that at Superman. I get it. And you're just like, I'm there. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason we love characters like this. This is the reason why Batman, Superman, Spider-Man are so freaking popular and why we freak out when, when Superman has a comic book where he's gay in it. It's like, mm-hmm. dude, that's not who he that, is. No. <laughs> Dude, that character exists, man. He exists in my mind. You don't just get to change him on me. Like, yeah. That's mine. Yeah. You don't get to make it and then manipulate it. That's garbage. Right. And I recently kind of, I was rethinking the 007 thing. Mm-hmm. They're trying, they're, they don't want to have a, a black 007 like Idris Elba or, yeah. Um, I don't know who else's name is on the table. He's the biggest name, I think. But um, I thought maybe James Bond, like we all know him as a white dude, a white British secret agent or whatever Mm -hmm. um but maybe the name (laughs) this might be i might get mega like super corrected here i I don't know i'm just (laughs) thinking out loud Mm -hmm. maybe james bond and 007 is just the name of whichever agent currently holds that position yeah like a title so it's like a rotating person yeah um so i thought well i guess it could be a black guy like initially Mm -hmm. i was opposed to it because i was like no james bond is a white dude. Like, yeah. That character already exists. You can't just change him. Mm-hmm. Not because I'm opposed to having a black guy, but because the character is already there. That's why I didn't like it at first. But yeah, then I rethought it. I was like, well, I guess there's a way that that makes sense. So yeah. And that, that, that is what the character is. Okay. Because didn't, didn't actually the, uh, in, I don't remember which one, but the, after Sean Connery was done being bond, mm-hmm. he was in the next bond movie as like, an old man as a cameo saying, aha, yes, I'm still bond, but continue on something like that. It's like they made it, they made a point when Sean Connery was done being bond, that he was in the next bond movie as like a handoff of the bond title to the next person. Mm-hmm. So it really was supposed to be like 007 is James Bond. And 007 is the rank. That's like the number of right. the name of the guy who is the agent yeah. in this position. Right. So it is supposed to be a moniker, not like an actual human. So in that case, I agree with you that like, yeah, it can be a black guy. Sure. But it's more like the culture of it where it's like, I don't know. You, you're changing it because you want to make a political statement, not because you want to tell a story. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's what annoys me. It's like, if you just naturally said, look, this is the next guy. Cause we have this interesting story to tell. It's like, okay, that, that'd be fine. But when you come out and say, it's time that there's a black James Bond, it's like, what does that mean to you? <laughs> I will yeah. say for that sentiment, that's frustrating. Granted, I would totally love to have Idris Elba as Bond because I think he would kill that role. I think he'd kick butt. I think he'd <laughs> yeah. be good. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the other side of the coin. Where I, I was know. like, it's like all the politics aside. <laughs> right. If you if, just, if there was just no politics involved in the art, it'd be mm. so much better. But it's just everyone freaking shouts about it. It's yeah, like, dude, just stop. Right. And so, anyway, all that to be said, that one of the reasons why everyone loves James Bond is because he is like this archetype of a he's, guy. He's an alpha male. Yeah. 
he is the most alpha of all alpha males and every young mm-hmm. guy looks at him as like bro i want to be that so bad. yeah i want to have a nice suit i want to kick butt i want to drive nice cars and i want to get hot girls mm-hmm. like, there yep. it is it's like <laughs> that's the character equally deadly and strong yet simultaneously equally calm classy. and classy and civilized yeah. he and is- suave he is Every ideal. Yes, basically. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, every male ideal. Mm-hmm. The perfect role model. Not really. <laughs> Not really. <Yeah. laughs> but there's your problem, right? Yeah. We, make, we make art about things that we don't actually want. Like, you mm-hmm. don't actually want your son to grow up to be James Bond. No. I'd, I'd be okay You don't really want your son to be happen. an assassin who <laughs> uses women as objects to get to his end goals. It's like, that's not really what you want. Mm-mm. But. Yeah. Well, I think I art. Love the character art in a sense really should be about ideals some, something that is unattainable mm-hmm. i don't know it, mm-hmm. it reflects that the nature within us that understands what perfection looks like but that it also recognizes that we are incapable of achieving that mm-hmm. so that's why superheroes are so popular and that's why james bond is so popular that's why i don't know it's why <laughs> it's why athletes when when you see the athlete that's the peak of the sport mm-hmm. there's something about it something about seeing someone push something to the absolute limit i mean hey he's making his appearance jordan pearson talks about this in <laughs> that um there's the, there's something amazing about seeing a human being push humanity to the next level mm-hmm. and when you witness someone set a world record there's something about you know you see the guy who breaks the 100 meter dash record and you just go mm-hmm. oh it's amazing that look look what like, ah, you just, it's so cool to see this thing happen. That's so great. Yeah. I mean, and there's something, there's something really deep in us that looks at achievement like that. People who push the boundary, who pushes the next level and just, you just fall in love with it. It's incredible to you. Yeah. I mean, especially with, uh, the hundred meter dashes, like you have Hussein Bolt who comes out and doesn't just beat the record, but like destroys it to such a magnitude that we were like, I didn't even think that was possible. You just went mm-hmm. sub 10 seconds on 100 meters. Like, that's an insane speed. Like, reaching almost the upper limit of, like, what human muscles can actually produce, <laughs> like, speed-wise. Like, I think it's, like, 32 miles an hour. If someone ran 32 miles an hour, that's the moment where your muscles start separating from your bones because <laughs> the bonds cannot physically hold any longer. And he's doing 27. Like, <laughs> like it's almost not even possible anymore. Yeah. And yet, he still does it. Well, he's really tall too, isn't he? Oh yeah. So that helps. He's I mean, definitely, you get more out really, of stride. Yeah, really long stride. But still, yeah, it's cool that even like as long as humans have been around, like we're still setting world records. Mm-hmm. Like we haven't reached the peak yet of physical performance, and that's what's so cool about it. It's like we're still figuring out how to optimize everything, and um. Yeah, that's that's pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, but the the difficulty comes in that when you see it, we we put these people on. This is the Tiger Woods story, mm-hmm. which is what that hilarious cartoon from all those years ago. I remember was that. About, you people which would is, take your pants off and crap on the floor if I told you. To. <laughs> yeah, which is like Tiger Woods is saying, "Look, because I'm the best golfer that's ever lived, I did not ask to be a role model to your kids. Mm-hmm. You did this, right? I'm just here to play golf, right. and I happen to be the best in the world." And now you're like, oh, but you're a bad role model to my kid. And he's like, I never intended to be. I intended right. to be a golfer. 
Same with but me. we put this pressure on everyone that we look at that does amazing things and say, ah, I want to be that. And then we start looking at their life and we, we get all into them and who they are as a, as people. And we realize that they're not, yeah, they're flawed. Yeah. It's yeah. Something tiger never signed up for. Um, I mean, I guess he did by being the best ever at golf, but it comes with it, it comes with the territory, like he, but still it's not fair. And he obviously was not a good dude <laughs> for a while there. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, but then for everyone to act so shocked that he was doing this, like, well, that's I'm still some level. Yeah. We were shocked. Cause he kind of, his public facing side was very, uh, catered or what's the word he made sure he was in control of what you were seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he tried to keep his private life very secret. And then when that all got exposed, it was like, well, yeah, the, the guy's, he's a human after mm-hmm. all, he's not, a superhero. He's the most famous golfer in the in the history of the world. Right. Yeah. And same with Michael you Phelps. Sh- you're shocked. Yeah. Michael Phelps had the same types of issues. Um, after becoming the best Olympian in history, he uh, I don't know. He, he he had climbed to the top of the mountain already, and then he retires from the Olympics. And then he's only I don't know how old he was at his last thirty. Like not old. <laughs> I thought he was like twenty eight or something like that. I, I don't know. He's still in his twenties, but still. So at the most, he's like 33. Yeah, he's not he's got particularly old. So much life ahead of him and nothing to do. <laughs> like you're retired. He's made all his millions. He's retired. He's like, I don't know. Yeah. Coach swimming at the local park. It's like, I'm <laughs> but, like, what else do you do? <laughs> Who's your swimming coach? Eh, Michael Phelps. You know, you're in a like, this is just a local swim league. I know, but you know, <laughs> yeah, he's drunk most of the time. <laughs> yeah, but he was smoking a lot of weed and doing, mm-hmm. yeah going to parties and stuff. Um, so he kind of fell out and Justin Bieber, same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just a kid with no, no dad who yeah. got insanely famous and had no one to guide him and kind of went crazy for a little bit there. Yeah. So his redemption arc is one of my favorite things in pop culture. Right I know now. the fact that he actually got married and attends one of the big churches in America very seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, dude, that's so cool that you are actually one of the most famous names in music. And he has openly Christian songs in every one of his albums now. And he's like, yeah, I am. I went down a dark path and I've rejected all of that. And I'm back. And you're like, dude, I know it's great. I'm so happy you're doing that. That's everyone, so cool. That this everyone happened. loves a redemption story. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's cool. I saw a video of Bieber singing Jira mm-hmm. um, with I don't remember which church it was or what band it was, but. I that, think he goes to Hillsong's church or something. I don't even know. Um, but that was the first time I was like, oh, wow. He's not just like faking it. Like this seems pretty legit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so that was cool. Unlike, unlike the Kanye thing where he's like, I'm a Christian, yo. And then gets divorced immediately. And you're like, yeah, I kind of thought that wasn't going to work. And then good. he ran for president for a second. Like mm-hmm. this yeah, dude's like, insane. I, um, you're not the person <laughs> I really want holding this moniker. Yeah. The whole, you're, you're bearing the name. If you claim it publicly, which is what baptism is supposed to be, you are now bearing the banner mm-hmm. of Christ and we hope you bear it well. And then you don't. And it's like, yeah, thank you. Please don't do that. Uh, but the fact that Justin appears to be doing it well, it's like, Hey, cool. Mm-hmm. Keep doing it. Please don't screw up. Cause you're, there's an unbelievable amount of pressure on you to, to screw up because people want you to, cause right. you're a Christian now publicly Christian. And like, exactly. everyone wants you to be horrible target on your back now. So, mm-hmm. and to uh, kind of go back to what you were talking about with Jordan Peterson, he uh, said something else that I thought was really interesting is you have this idea that these people are somehow different from you. It's like, oh, 
It's like, oh, they're just completely different for me. It's like, if I was in that position, it's like, I would, like, if I was in Tiger Woods position, I wouldn't have gone around and, you know, stuff oh, exactly. with a bunch of yeah. girls. It's like, it's like, you're the best at golf. Like you are the best. You don't think that there's just going to be hordes of women throwing, like throwing themselves at you. <laughs> yeah. Not like being coy about it, like aggressive in your face. It's like, you you think really that you're just going to somehow be <laughs> just superior it's like right you've never even been there you have no idea i have no idea what it would be like to have hordes of women throw themselves at me like i would hope that my christian values would prevent me from paying attention I to hope them to not whatsoever be but like yeah. yes i hope to not be tested but it's like to think that you're it's like oh well you're so good now you're suddenly on this pedestal that means that you're better you just inherently have more self-control and are better no that's not how it works at all I know it, Bill Burr has a really funny joke about that exact scenario. <laughs> yeah, like, he does. I think when Tiger Woods walks off the 18th tee or 18th green, I, I can't recall the joke. It's, it's really funny. Um, I recommend looking that up. <laughs> Bill Burr is sorry, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go home to the wife. Yeah. <laughs> Got two kids there. They yeah. piss me off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's God. something like that. Uh, it's, uh, it's funny. Bilber is so freaking funny. But yeah, along those same lines, I think when we're ripping down these Confederate statues mm-hmm. because they were yeah. all because they're all racist. I'm like, how do you know you wouldn't have been a racist if you lived back then? Yeah, like, I but don't know. Again, the idea—it's one of those things that as soon as the question was asked, I was like, I've never thought that, and it is a dark thing to think, but it's so worth doing. Which is, do you really think that if you were born in Germany in 1920? That by the time you were 18 in 1938, that you wouldn't have been part of the Nazi party. Mm-hmm. Like you really think you wouldn't have been part of that. Yeah. If you were an 18 year old in Germany in 1938, when the war started, it's like, dude, yeah. the whole country was part of that. You would have been one of a thousand people who left. Like mm-hmm. most people were part of this. It, yeah. It's just the reality. And it's- you think you're better, but you are as manipulatable <clears throat> and as, you know, caught up in the swells of your culture yeah. as anyone else. And to have the idea that it's like every like human has the capacity within them to do the most evil, terrible thing that humanity has ever seen ever. Like it's in there. Depending on whether or not that manifests in a certain way is entirely different from whether or not you have the ability to do that. You could create the most terrible human atrocity in the world and to suddenly think that you're just different. Oh, you're just made different. That's no, <laughs> sorry. Do not, do not throw your right. arrogance around like this. No, exactly. And that's, I think that's a very Christian perspective because we all know that we are screw ups. <laughs> like we're inherently, <laughs> we're just fallen. We all make mistakes where it's impossible to always choose to do the right thing unless Christ intervenes, mm-hmm. um, depending on, what type of Christian faith you are a part of. You might agree with that statement or you might disagree. That gets into a little bit of Calvinism. Like you can't choose to do a good thing unless God intervenes on your behalf. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Anyway. um, But yeah. Uh, Forgot where I was going to go with that, but sorry about that. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Jumping way back to uh, um, just the, the idea of role models and it's forming in, in our adolescent years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, we're extremely impressionable when we're adolescents and it can be very dangerous if we choose 
to get in with the wrong crowd, as they say. Um, and that's that's kind of how that happens. Uh, kid, otherwise, good kids just kind of find belonging with a group of people that don't have their best interest in mind, and it sets them on a really dangerous trajectory in life. Um, mm-hmm. So, and sometimes people can really get lost in that as their identity, like that becomes who they are and um, they're, I don't know, there's no way out of it. So yeah, this, this is, it's the crisis of the fatherless home that is utterly destroying America in a lot of ways mm-hmm. is that if, if a kid doesn't have a dad as a role model, if a young boy doesn't have a dad as a role model, they will find someone else. And they're just like we're saying with all these other examples, they're attracted to the strongest loudest person in their world. And that's usually in crime ridden areas, people who are criminals and Mm -hmm. it begets a whole nother generation of crime because you don't have a good role model for them to follow after. They will find the next role model. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the big, it it really is in my mind, the biggest role of a father is like, you know, there's like providing there's loving, whatever what you want to play, say big things are the biggest thing really in all of it is being the role model for your kids mm-hmm. showing them what a good person looks like and right. sh- showing them how to be good because if you don't they will find someone else right and this is where you get like the absent dad thing where some kids i, I met i met a guy at kent my one year i was on campus who said that i remember this his quote this quote he said to me that blew my mind he said i've never heard my dad say i love you in my life i don't think oh yeah you i remember you saying that and I was like, dude, I can't even it's like what? And he's like, Yeah, and I transferred over here. He said I blew up my first year of college at another school and it's horrible and I just have no idea what I'm doing. That's why I'm here. He was at crew. It's like that's why I joined crew, because I, I just have no idea where else to go. I was like, ah holy crap, that's just so terrifying. That yeah. he just basically to me, it's like he didn't have a role model. He didn't have mm-hmm. a father as a role model for him. Yeah. So this is a perfect segue into not something I'd planned on talking about, but something that came to mind. Um so when I was in college, I volunteered for a, a Christian organization called Young Life. Mm-hmm. Um, and we actually just so happens at church yesterday, uh, a guy from Young Life who's starting Young Life in the Cleveland area or has cool. already started it. Um, he came to uh, just give a little spiel about what it is to our congregation at church. Um, and his story was basically like, I for- you might be able to recall this better than me, Nathan. Mm-hmm. Um, he, his dad, either his parents get divorced at a young age or his dad wasn't around or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was young life at his school where he grew up and he befriended one of the young life leaders, like this random adult guy who would show up in the student section at the varsity games. And uh, he just kind of saw this guy as a replacement dad. And turns out this guy was a Christian and led him to Christ. And now this guy's a Christian and now he's doing Young Life in the Cleveland area mm-hmm. because he found a good role model in this Christian guy who was going into high schools yeah. um, and just meeting kids and being a good influence on them. So it's that's something I really like about Young Life. That's, something, that's the reason why I started doing it when I was in college because I really liked that model where you literally go into the high school and mm-hmm. you just start talking to people and you just start being present and you start relationships and um yeah it's a it's really effective and it's a genuine way to effectively win people over to christ because it's not like you're there for a week building 
doing a construction project in Guatemala and then you're gone, mm-hmm. which is nice, but it's still nothing. You don't, there's no follow through. It's not personal. It's not personal. There's no relationship. Whereas the young life model is all about relationship building, which mm-hmm. is um, kind of how Jesus did it. You know, he had his, he had his three disciples who were closest to him, um, Peter, James, and John. And then he had the 12 disciples who were like kind of the next uh, next circle out. Like he wasn't super close with all 12. He had his three primary ones and he had the other nine. Then he had the crowd of people that followed him everywhere he went um, where he was, you know, a, another degree of separation from relationally. But mm-hmm. anyway, uh, just the, the whole young life model of ministry, I think is really great. It's, it's literally about being a good role model and for yeah. the men is being a good father figure for some high school kids who literally don't have a father or have a really abusive father or mm-hmm. a terrible father or whatever. And for the women who do it, it's, you know, the opposite, just being a, being a good mother and being supportive of the girls in the school. So, mm-hmm. um, and it, one of the, that's the reason why I loved being part of youth ministry for so long Yeah, is I, I had those experiences. And even the last year that I was doing youth ministry, I had two or three students that I had that type of connection with where one of them, when he went to college, he told me that he actually, he gave me a call like a month ago. I think I said this on the podcast. So it was, it's been a while, probably three months ago. And he just said, Hey, I just wanted to tell you that I actually, uh, bumped into one of the guys who runs a ministry on campus here and had a really good talk with him. And I, he asked me if I'd been part of any ministry. And I said, no, I haven't with the first like six weeks of school. And he asked me why. And I gave him a kind of weak answer and he challenged me super hard in what I believed. He said, I walked away from this hour and a half long. We went and just got food. We sat there for an hour and a half. He said, I came back home. He's like, I am so like, I'm in. I'm genuinely, I'm doing this. I'm getting part of that. I'm being part of his ministry. I am going to be a Christian my whole life. I've decided I'm going to take this path. Mm-hmm. And he said, I just want to tell you because you are the most direct influence on me in this. He's like, my parents aren't particularly religious or anything. And I kind of came to the youth group and you were the person that I really connected with the most in this. And I just want to thank you for like, for getting me to this point. And I was like, hmm. it's like, that was the last, that was the last year I did ministry. I had this amazing experience. <laughs> you, I was like, this is why I did top. it. <laughs> I was like, this is why I did it because you just get like, when that happens to you, yeah. you're like, this is like the best thing yeah. that can happen. Like, this is like peak human experience is saying I was actually a successful role model for someone. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. come on. That's so amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. I, I wish, I don't know. I've said yes to too many things in my life right now where I can't fathom hopping back into young life because young, <laughs> young life is an extremely time-consuming thing. Like, I can't mm-hmm. believe I even did it in college because I was swamped with school as well. But um, it was one of the most rewarding things in my life is being part of such an active ministry mm-hmm. and becoming friends with these kids who don't know Jesus and them just trusting you and loving you and finding this role model in you that you don't like it's weird for me because i'm and i'm sure everybody because i'm fully aware of how flawed i am yeah so i try to be careful about how high a pedestal a high schooler might be placing me on like easy dude i'm i suck okay <laughs> but, yeah don't, don't, don't think you. too high there. <laughs> yeah you want to talk about want to hear about some of my mistakes we can sit down and we'll have a long chat but yeah um yeah being being a part of a ministry has been it's one of the highlights of my life for sure and i hope someday to become more actively involved but life just gets so hard with kids in the man. way man it's it's mm. tough yeah kids work 
Um, we got Bible studies and other stuff. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we're currently debating. So now our, our new thing, since we're in ministry and we're kind of on this rant, I'm just going to go down it. We're just going to embrace it. Uh, <laughs> All right. I'm now uh, co co-leading, not really leading. I'm more just there as a, I'm basically there as a role model was what was asked of me of a Bible study on Tuesday nights, which is basically a rejection of our current system of Bible study in the young adults and Mm -hmm. youth programs at our church, because we're meeting in a home, which was like said not to do because of COVID, but Mm -hmm. we're meeting in a home because it's the best way to do it. Because the thing that's lacking of meeting in public places or meeting at the church is the personal part. Mm -hmm. Being in someone's home. It's like, Hey, you're here. We're not just church people. Mm-hmm. we're you're this is my life you're seeing my whole life you're seeing my basement's a mess right now you're seeing that i said i was going to get this prepared and i'm not so i'm scrambling as you're in my basement to get this thing prepared right now it's like all <laughs> mm-hmm. of the real life stuff comes out and so i was asked to just be part of it to help at the quote to me was to aid aid in conversation and help the younger guys there out so it to me is like oh yeah i'm this, this is enough for me this holds me over until i'm mm-hmm older and my kids are growing up and I, I have more hopefully yeah. ability to get away from them but like right now it's so hard to just do things alone and be like hey ellen take the kids i'm just gonna go do stuff she's like i hate you but yes <laughs> yeah like it's hard it's just a lot right. so it's just hard to get away for a long period of time and do things like doing right. youth retreats it's like dude a weekend away leaving my wife with two kids that's not really on the list very often like that's no. not much of a thing so yeah, it's tough. It's really hard to be involved. What's the age range of kids in your Bible study? So it's young adults. So the oh, youngest young is twenty. The the youngest is twenty. The oldest is twenty five. So I'm and like you're a year 26. older. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he's twenty five and right, single. Kids. And... <laughs> I'm here to guide the conversation. So it's yeah, but it's like, <laughs> and it's it's not. It's more of I'm just in the next stage. So even mm. though I'm only a year older, it's like yeah, but he wants to date and get married and have kids and i'm like i did date i right. am married Been i have there. kids i can talk to you about that mm-hmm. so it's not the eight the number is a little bit misleading yeah in the, yeah in that case gotcha and to kind of be the one person who is somewhat outside of all of these things like i don't have kids yet so in part of my like whole preparation of like you know yeah i absolutely want to be a dad katie wants to be a mother it's like that hope that happens soon Um, Mm. it's, it's all that preparation. It's setting things up now so that in the future I am able to, you know, kind of reap those benefits. It's like, okay, well, let's, Mm -hmm. let's organize life so that I can do as much ministry now as I can possibly, you know, be as involved as I, I can be and, you know, experience what is possible right now. Cause I know things are going to change. And it's like, you know, maybe part of this is so that I can be more involved in these other areas. And so, you know, that's an effort that I'm trying to make, but it's not easy. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think as we we're talking about adolescents and mm-hmm. role models and how that can go wrong, it, it, as parents, it's very important for us to both be good role models mm-hmm. and to also give them... I kind of mentioned this last week, but give them a good foundation, um, Mm -hmm. especially as Christians, give them a good spiritual foundation so that they're less prone to following the ways of the world. You know, like obviously we have a perfect role model in Christ. He's Mm -hmm. who all of us as Christians are supposed to be aspiring 
to to be like. Um, we're supposed to be living as Christ-like as possible. So um, when it comes to being a parent, um, it, we want to model our lives after Christ so that our kids, when they inevitably model their lives after us, that looks more and more like Christ. Um, so I, it's really important the, to set a firm foundation there. Huh? Mm-hmm. The, the other thing, too, that I know all of us can speak to is our our parents weren't our only role models that were genuinely really good role models for our lives. Mm-hmm. Right. And one of the absolute benefits that, that an actual church community offers, even if you're skeptical about faith in general, one of the things that is offered in a church community is other people, other young men, young women who will be good role models. Like you may think, I don't know, I'm not all in on the God stuff or uh, I, got, I got questions and doubts, whatever, all that stuff. Sure. Mm-hmm. But if you want someone to help your son be a better son, put him in a youth group and see what the young, the college leaders are like there. You'd yeah. rather your kid be like those college leaders than most other people. Cause the people who show up for those things are selfless, caring young men and women who want to help the next generation get their feet underneath them. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you want your kid there. It's gets so good for them. Yeah. And I know that we had, all of us had a couple really good leaders yes. in our church that I would not be here if it not for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was about to name drop them. It's a positive <laughs> yeah, I'm thing. Just, I'm sure that's it. okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Yeah, the names are Marty and Dick. Yeah. yeah. Um, Dick is an old guy. And he's also <laughs> yeah. six foot nine or something. Yeah. He's a, it's a so t- we, tall giant. As high schoolers, we couldn't resist the urge to call him Big Dick. Mm-hmm. He was the big dick. The big, the big duck. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they were he led, both, a, he led a Bible study of a bunch of high schoolers as a 60 something year old. Yeah. By, by himself. And there's like by himself. 25 of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's insanity. Um, yeah. But Marty, Marty and Dick are two amazing people um, mm-hmm. who were youth leaders in our youth group, in our church, who the three of us were very privileged to have been to have in our lives. Um, mm-hmm. Cause while our, our dads were very good role models, I think in many ways, it also helped um, to have good role models elsewhere in life. Um, so, cause our dad can't follow us around everywhere. So um, it's mm-hmm. also just things. There's something about the relationship too, where you just are more willing to share different things about your life with someone yeah. else that isn't your dad, because right. it's like, you have to go home to your dad and I don't have to go home and live with Marty or Dick. I can just see them, talk to them about a problem and go, cool, thanks, bye. And then I get right. to go home <laughs> mm-hmm. and they're not there looking at me going, I just told them everything about my life and how terrible I am. And they're right there looking at me still. Yeah. Like you just yeah. get to be like, cool, that's dealt with. I'm going to go play video games and go to sleep and you're in a good mood. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So even though as Christians, we, we know ideally we're supposed to only have Jesus as their role model as our perfect role model, uh, we mm-hmm. get this wrong a lot. Um, and a lot of times it's even more dangerous for Christians because we idolize other Christians mm-hmm. who then go a little wayward or lose their faith. And then it really can shake us because we put all of our eggs in that basket of that celebrity pastor or worship leader uh, or author. The most recent or, was was Ravi Zacharias? Oh, dude, I didn't even think. Yeah, I, didn't I that. dude, that was so earth shattering for so many still people. Still messed up about that a little bit. Yeah, <sighs> like so worshiping 
worshiping, not just having having someone as a role model, but actually worshiping them mm-hmm. is something that humans are just bound to do. It's part of our f- flawed nature. Um, well, I'd say it's part of our good nature that's been corrupted. Yeah, we are designed well, yeah. to worship. That we were we were worshippers pre fall, right? Mm-hmm. And now the, now because of the fall, we, we are we worship worshippers. We worship the wrong things. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it, it's one of these problems that will come up in our lives. It will come up in our kids' lives. Like this will be a thing you have to deal with. Is you're I'm dreading. In the social media world, that's why influencers are such a terrifying thing to me. Oh, God. I'm <laughs> dreading when I see my daughter on some friggin' Instagram thing or some internet thing that I tried to get her to avoid, but she somehow gets on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. TikTok. And being like, oh my gosh, honey, no, 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 no. This is not the person you want to be influenced by. This is not mm-hmm. the one. But the difficulty there be- is it may be a person that she really likes and she'll actually choose to hate you. Because over that person, over that yeah, over that person. So that that's where this really gets a little uh, shaky. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that's like my biggest fear is with the, with a daughter mm-hmm. is the like beauty YouTuber when she's too young and being like, oh no, the vanity is being turned up to eleven. It's going to be <laughs> horrible in middle school. It's going to destroy us. It's, oh mm-hmm. no, <laughs> Dude, yeah. I but exactly to speak to what you were saying, Scott, is the understanding that part of our innate design to worship things just like that's part of who we are as humans. And like, that's how we were made is simply being aware of that can have such an impact on how we choose to live and who the role models that we actually keep saying role models, role models, role models, the role models um, that you like have. It's like simply understanding that worshiping things is going to be part of your life. Like you will do it. And if you don't have something that you've already chosen to worship, you will fill that hole subconsciously. Your brain will do it for you. <laughs> you don't even get to be part of that conversation. <laughs> you're just like, oh man, I like them. They're pretty cool. <laughs> you're like, oh, what? 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 <laughs> you know? And so just the simple awareness of it and the, the paying attention, I always talk about paying attention, but I just think it's, it is the one thing that we seem to like fall short in, in so many areas of our life. I was even talking to the, to uh, Katie about this on the way home from the marriage conference. Mm-hmm. I was like, passivity as a father or as a man is like baked into us. It's like the original thing we screwed up on standing there while Eve is eating the apple. And <laughs> that's like, right. That's pretty cool. Like- no, we didn't do, did, Adam did nothing. It's like, that's like baked then, into the very core of our beings. Right, and almost. then blamed the woman. Exactly. And so, then and, and God, called, God called him out and was like, where were you when Eve was doing this? He was like, I don't know. She did. And he's like, I put you here. Like, what were you doing? It's like yeah. the first thing God said is like, that was wrong that you didn't act. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is an incorrect response. And so in this aspect of our life, especially since uh, role models can very easily tap into that kind of worship circuit that we have. Uh, we have to not be passive. We have to be paying attention. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we do. So I also don't want to be overbearing. I don't want to be the, the band hammer dad. I'm just like, Oh, you yeah. like that? Well, it's bad for you band. And you're just like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. 
You're like, yeah. off. You're like an angry mod. Nope, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, bad Reddit mods. Yes. Deleted. <laughs> yeah, you're the cancel culture of your home. Yeah, <laughs> you are the cancel culture of your home. <laughs> yeah, golly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've seen on a small scale. I have to deal with that with Davis. He's a little over one year old now, mm-hmm. um, and I will allow him to hurt himself in varying degrees. Just because yeah, you, you allow a certain amount of pain to come in, yeah, mm-hmm. it's like it, it'll be a learning experience. I'm not going to just prevent you from all harm, you know. So when it when that morphs into consuming content that I disagree with or that might have the wrong moral teaching. Mm. Like, do I shelter him from that entirely or do I allow him to hear it and then I explain how he should really think about it? Or, mm-hmm. you know, you got to f- find that balance there. Like, I don't want to, I-, I think part of me is going to always feel responsible for whatever mistakes he makes in life, mm. which I don't know. I'll, I'll always think every time he makes a mistake, I'll think, oh, what could I have done to prevent that? But then... I don't know. He'll have to learn they're, they're from them all, too. They're their own little people. Yeah. Right. They're all their own people. So, so leave, leave room to make mistakes. And that's mm-hmm. why we don't worship other popular Christians. So, so I have some more examples of Christians that have screwed up. There are countless. Oh, geez. But from this article, I, there's another article I found. Um, one popular one was Joshua Harris. Oh, man. He wrote a book called I Kiss Dating Goodbye. Oh, that freaking guy. Oh, yeah. We had that book. I know. Right. He completely mm, renounced his book. faith. Um, it was something about homosexuality in the Bible. Like he, he just felt like, I think that's right. That he, he felt that it was uh, just inconsistent. Like Christianity was not consistent with being like kind to homosexuals or something like that. He just couldn't reconcile that issue in his mind. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, I'm not a Christian anymore. Um, so that sucked. Is Rhett, did Rhett and Link <laughs> make this list? Oh, I totally forgot about Rhett and Link. That was sad, too. They were former crew leaders, which is the ministry I was part of in college. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were both. They they started their YouTube life because they were crew leaders, and they made fun videos for their campus. Huh. That's how they started on YouTube, Mm is making goofy little shorts about Bible stuff and Christian culture things, and they just became unbelievably huge. And then they live in California. And then they flipped. And dun-dun-dun, they're not Christians. Dang. It's very sad. There's John Christ, who we mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. Um, he's still, he's a, still Christian, a Christian, but he, he fully obviously had a huge public failure. Right. And he, and he fully owns that as well. And he's, mm-hmm. which I respect. And I, I still, yeah. I'm still a fan. I'm a huge but, fan of his still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I hadn't heard this, had not heard this name before, but I don't know if she's older, if our, <laughs> like our parents' generation would know, but Rachel Hollis. She was a marriage professional. She led marriage conferences, hmm. hosted podcasts on marriage, and then she got divorced. So yeah. that messed with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you were who I was looking up to. Especially if uh, a lot of her discussion, you know, existed inside of what, you know, traditional marriage in Christianity is, which is it's marriage for life. You know, you're married. This is what you're doing. Right. You know, aside from a very strict and small list that is depicted in the Bible, <laughs> you know, they marriages don't end essentially, right? And so yeah. I could see. Yeah, I guess the big. It's funny. Good struggle. <laughs> was that? I guess the big. <laughs> Go ahead. Struggle. struggle. <laughs> Wait for it. 
struggle <laughs> was that she was maintaining this image of having a perfect marriage while she mm. was on stage and on her podcast mm. for for years i guess mm. like mm. the marriage was just all alive the marriage was tumultuous for a long time so once that all came to light that it messed a lot of people up so yeah with the the ravi zacharias one was weird because ravi was a like a theologian apologist. and apologist uh, an apologist yeah, like there's a bunch of people who took the fact that he, his whole thing was he basically took ministry money that was, he set up a fake ministry and used that all those funds that were being donated by people like you and me, anyone who gave him money. Some of that money would go to his fake fund, which was used for basically sex trafficking for him and his people that he wanted to around the world, which is like about as bad a thing as, as can possibly happen. It like flies like entirely in the face of Christianity. It's yeah. extremely difficult. He was... Because you watch him speak, and he was so genuine and so yeah. convinced about what he was saying. Oh yeah, that you think this couldn't have been an act, but then his actions off the Disconnect stage were so the hard. most despicable things you can think of. Mm. So that's just impossible to figure out. And, and so one of be, the things that go ahead, sorry, people have done. Sorry, one of the things that people have done with that now is they say, "Well, his arguments are wrong." Then it's like, "Well, no, no." That's the hard part. His arguments, and even this lady on our podcast. She might have said really useful things for people. It's like, right. yes, and, and their their moral flaws were huge. That's really, really bad. Mm-hmm. And you probably shouldn't shout him out as like, oh, you should definitely look into the life of Ravi. It's like, no, he ruined that card. Mm-hmm. But the theological arguments, his understanding about the nature of God and the nature of man, it's like, those were probably still right. I mean, you can still say, were those arguments good? Well, then the arguments are good. But well, the issue comes that we make idols of them and then they mm-hmm. fail and it's like my world shattered. It's like, well, he's bad and that's bad. But I think that book that I read by him was still good. And mm-hmm. I, I can, right. I can separate the two as like the argument was one thing or the music was one thing or the podcast was one thing and his real life fell apart and that's bad and sinful and all that stuff. But right. Well, that's the these thing. These are still good. That's the thing about logic and arguments is that there is a way for things to actually make real sense like it, it's part i, I want to believe that it's almost an it's objective like what well, we like we've said in that episode way back in the summer like truth truth is objective we mm-hmm. believe so you can make arguments and articulate them in a way that points right back to that truth it's not like i don't know how i'm going to describe this the right way but it's like you can't say something makes sense to you. Like you're, you're not trying to make an argument that makes sense to somebody. You're trying to make an argument that makes actual sense. If that, mm-hmm. yeah, if that makes sense. So there is, there is a, there is a real, uh, the, the idea that truth is external to you. There is mm-hmm. a real truth statement. I am trying to articulate. Yeah. And there's people who do it. Like CS Lewis did this a lot where he just says something and you go, Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. You did it. That's you found true. it. That's the one. You nailed mm-hmm. it. And right. we're all searching for that. It's not my truth. It's not the thing that's true for me. It's like, no, there is a truth. Right. And it's and because it gets inflated, but it's because we believe that there is a truth that we can believe a lot of what Ravi Zacharias said because it's pointing back to that exact truth. Even though mm-hmm. he did not live his life live up to it that way. Like none of us do. None of us live up to it, but he was particularly bad apparently mm. yeah um, pretty unique still bad. doesn't take away from the truth of what he said yeah and you can yeah. listen to what he said and think that is a fantastic argument and you can't let his personal life 
um, degrade that argument at all because it doesn't like was it true or was it not? You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't change yeah. the lo- the logic, the reasoning behind what he said. Yeah, so. I just happen to know for a fact that when this came out, there was a lot of people saying like, "This has shaken my faith." And I'm like, "Wait, wait, how? You must not have heard any of his arguments because his arguments were pure logical." And you are making an emotional argument about his exactly. logical arguments, which doesn't work. Like, was it, mm-hmm. was he saying something true or not? Because if he was saying something true, regardless of his failures, the true statement's still true. Right. So, you know, I, I don't know who listened yeah. to him and ended up in this spot. Like, I get that it's bad, but like. <laughs> yeah, his, he, he had such a polarized, you know, obviously uh, such a polarized double life, but that doesn't mean that the side of his mind that was thinking about the theology of the and the and the statements that he was making wasn't in the half of his mind that was thinking about you know true arguments for yeah. you know apologetics and it wasn't it's like obviously that wasn't all the time apparently but yeah. that doesn't discount what he had entirely said and i think you do have to look at it with a more critical lens like I, I definitely believe that when some allegations come out that basically fly in the face of the values that a person of his stature should have and should not have done, it's like that means that, yes, to throw the baby out with the bathwater would be equally wrong, but to not look at it with a critical lens would also be wrong. And that that's yeah. equally dangerous. Right. Yeah. It's not, yeah, and that's where I'm so torn because when it comes down to it now with my kids, I don't think I'm ever going to recommend a Ralphie book mm-hmm. for them to read. Maybe I yeah, would. I don't know. But I, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. I'm not going to pr- probably pass his name on due to the horrid acts that he's done. But it doesn't mean that I didn't grow from, I went to one of his conferences and it was great. It was one of my favorite things I ever did was went to one of his Remind conferences. I have a t-shirt somewhere. Mm-hmm. And you didn't burn that it? That was really cool. I really... <laughs> No, it's a good work shirt. It's a cheap gray t-shirt. It's the type of thing you do bathroom work. I can just see it now. The whole scandal comes out. Jeff just takes it out of the regular t-shirt drawer into the work drawer. All right, we'll see you later when it's time to paint. (laughs) That's that's the best like Christian insult. It's like "Mm." church clothes out of that stack. Work clothes. Absolutely. But yeah. yeah. All right. I think that was a good chat, lads. I'd say good discussion, boys. Yes. I quite enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Did anyone join us in the live stream? Let me click back to the tab. We had two. No. Two playbacks for an average watch time of six seconds. Playbacks, probably mods. <laughs> Sup, mods? Probably yeah, listen to this part, out. but hey. Yeah. So <laughs> if you're listening to this through... Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We live stream these on YouTube. I don't know if I've made that very clear. Mm-hmm. Um, so we record these on Monday nights. So if you want to come join the fun, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, Dad's Diapers Drinks. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a URL. Like I can't, you can't just do youtube.com slash Dad's Diapers Drinks. Don't try it. It doesn't exist. You have to have a minimum of 100 subscribers or something for that to actually work. Wow. Um, so don't do it. It's we will get there. Totally random URL. You just have to search for our YouTube channel mm-hmm. and you'll find it. It's got our logo. Um, but yeah, so far on our live streams, we've had just Mr. Nate Hills. 
joining us. And he'll be back on the pod soon once yes. we decide to do the episode we planned on doing with him. Uh, <laughs> we've been doing these out of the order that we planned them in, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. A yeah. lot. If you want, if you want to, not force you to. We would personally appreciate it. We would. <laughs> we also really enjoy speaking in accents if you didn't figure that out by now. Um, all right, that's all I got. So thanks for listening. Talk at you next week. Bye. Cheers. <laughs>